up with the microphone check one two first water to the dry and weary soul of the true church the kind of things that few search they say that the truth hurts well this pain is gained so let's explain the new birth what did jesus do when he came to this earth he took the devil's stuff the Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Happy New Year. Welcome back. This is the Rebel and the Awakening Reformation podcast. I would say as always, but it's been ages since we've been together. P Nate and Pootie here in the studio, as well as Erica and Grant Van Bremer. We got all the superstars up in here today. The Emery brothers might might feel a little left out that we didn't call them superstars, but they would be like kind of second string players, right? You, you need you need yeah, role yeah. players to make a superstar team. <laughs> That's what happens. We love you guys. Okay. Hey, how you doing, Grant, Erica? We're doing awesome. Live, right. fr- live from <laughs> New York. I mean, live for us, not live for everybody listening to the recording. <laughs> but uh, started the podcast with live from New York. It's the Rebel Podcast. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> we did not. So, for everybody who's confused by the name um, that came up with this, uh, that uh, came up on your podcast feed, or uh, a little confused that we're all talking right now. Uh, we're launching into the new year, and as you can tell, um, we're no longer under the banner of Rebel Alliance Media. We've rebranded a little bit, so the network name is now Reformed Rebel Network. The idea here is that uh, we we wanted to rebrand, we wanted to kind of relaunch a little bit. We'll get into some of that, um, but we just want to get the banter going a little bit. So we want to talk about something that just happened a couple nights ago from when we are recording. Well, and we also want to avoid the lawsuit, right? Like... For the Rebel Alliance Media, ran <laughs> exactly. us. Yeah, we needed to right. separate just, ourselves a little bit from some other kind of, entities. Yeah. <laughs> for, any kind of lawsuit. Well, for the for for any of our Canadian listeners, you would know, like Ezra Levant's Rebel Media. We get asked weekly whether or not we are associated <laughs> with them. We don't want to be associated with them. And then there's uh, anyway, we're we're tired of answering the question of of how linked we are to Star Wars. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And Erica hasn't even seen all the Star Wars, so we've kind of felt disingenuous. No. I grew up with the OG Star Wars, but the new stuff kind of bored me. I'm not going to lie. Are you going to throw fine. me off it, now? It bores us, too. No, no. Grant, no. Grant okay. the baby Yoda is cute. I'll give you he, that. He is cute. Not as cute as Joe Pesci, but... Uh, oh, how do you like that segue? <laughs> segue? Okay. Speaking All right, of so what, what we want to talk about, we, um, we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of Rebel News. And, uh, and we're going to do it uh, all together here. So this is the Reformed Rebel News, we can call it this time. Um, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about Ricky Gervais, who, ne- who isn't necessarily my favorite comedian in the world, but uh, he just roasted Hollywood in like the best possible way. Has everybody seen it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, was, I watched it today, and he, that's probably the best monologue I've ever listened to. For That might be the only thing I ever listen to or watch from those award shows, award shows for sure, yeah. is the yeah. monologues, because usually they're pretty funny, but that was by far the best. Well, and I feel like, I feel like all I can say is like, finally, right? <laughs> finally, somebody <laughs> said it. When he said, you know, to a room full of like Hollywood uh, A-listers, you have nothing to lecture the public about. You know nothing about the real world. I was just like, yep, that's finally. My favorite line (laughs) out of that was, you know nothing about the real world? You spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And at the same time, he he even makes fun of Greta. (laughs) (laughs) Check and check. Yeah, totally. So, um, so I mean, this comes on. We've talked a lot um, on both of our podcasts uh, just about uh, the the continuous virtual virtue signaling of Hollywood. So, um, I mean, we could just talk about how funny it was. And any of our listeners who haven't heard it yet, I would encourage you go on YouTube. Was pulling down a bunch of the video clips. You can still get the audio though, and uh, yep. you, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Ricky Gervais, his uh, it's about a seven and a half minute, eight minute clip. Um, mm-hmm. Where he, it's just his opening monologue before he gets to the uh, the first uh, award on the Golden Globes. Um, but but other than just talking about how funny it was, 
Um, I think this is actually, I, I think one of the reasons um, we enjoyed this so much is because I think this is something that we've been talking about on our podcast for quite a while. So like, what? Wh- why should Christians have applauded Ricky Gervais despite the fact that he's a God-hating atheist? <laughs> well, right. And that's the thing. We're not laughing at it because we are finding much humor in some really crude uh, jokes or just someone who's being really crass and all of us are, you know, um, <laughs> sinning by laughing at this or anything. He literally made fun of each of the things that, um, the, you know, that we constantly talk about the racial, racial reconciliation that's been going on. He talked about how they wanted to do a memoriam for the actors and actresses that have died this last year, but there wasn't enough diversity. So they canned it. And then yeah. he joke like that was funny enough. And then he jokes and says, maybe next year, like assuming like, let's get yeah. some, let's hope we'll some people of color die. Yeah. yeah. We'll see and, what happens. And, and so he like makes fun of that. And then, um, and then of course the LGBT stuff and the me too movement and he yeah. roasted all them and, um, made fun of Jeffrey Epstein and then pointed at all them and said, uh, shut up. Like, I don't care. I know you're all friends with him. I don't care. Yeah. And, um, and that, that's what was funny about it is it's, it's true. Yeah. Like at some level, I don't, maybe he doesn't believe it or the reason why maybe he won't, you know, get, uh, socially, you know, uh, shut out or shunned, ostracized for it is because it was a joke. But it was so funny because it's true. Well, that's the only reason it is funny is because it is true. Right. Nobody's laughing at those things if they're not true. Right. Um, And I think to the uh, calling out the hypocrisy, and this is, I think this is um, one of the things that I think Christians, so the secular world has been doing this to Christians for a long time now, is calling out our hypocrisy, right? Or calling out um, our, the appearance of hypocrisy, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you've gotten into um, a debate about abortion and trying to advocate for the sanctity of life. And um, the person you're talking to will bring up the, the fact that most Christians are pro-death penalty, right? Or... Um, don't support the same sort of um, this. Well, I'll say the same support, the same kind of welfare state that um, many on the left would. And so mm-hmm. they've, they've been used to trying to like pinpoint our hypocrisy and kind of throw it back at us. And I think that's one of the things that uh, Ricky Gervais did so well is um, just kind of say, I, I can't remember the line, but he said something along the lines of like, you like to pretend you're woke, but the companies you work for like have sweatshops yeah. in China. And he went on to say like, if ISIS had a streaming service, you'd all call your agents, right? <laughs> and I, like, it, it's it's funny because it's true. And um, and he's got a, and I love that um, during that, it kept panning the audience and you could see the like nervous laughter yep. and some of the like, some of the looks mm-hmm. like, uh, this is getting a little uncomfortable. How far is he going to go? And I think that's been the whole thing. Whenever these award shows come up and people use it as their opportunity to virtue signal or use their platform to to say whatever they want to, um, they you know they're they're talking about the Me Too movement. They're talking about and yet they're sitting at a table with a lot of the predators who are who are um, you know. Uh, guilty of these things, and so there is a hypocrisy in that they they want the the street cred from the the, the left community that they're woke, and yet they're not actually woke, right? It's because the the idol of it all still is the almighty dollar. Right. It is however much power money you can get yourself, you'll buy into whatever it is. It's it's the idol of you know. It's funny they would say that the right wing. Uh, Republican side of things is just greedy and all their capitalism <laughs> and then they're just exactly the same. Right. I think it's interesting that um, that the Golden Globes went this direction anyway because everybody knows that they are super boring and Ricky Gervais even had that in his jokes like this is yeah. three hours long we don't want to hear your speeches this thing's three hours long anyway guys. Right. <laughs> and how <laughs> how boring this thing is they had to go it's funny that they had to make jokes like that to make it exciting. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was and all scripted. Like, he was reading a prompt. Like, it's all still, you know, vetted yeah, they knew and what gone was through coming. the... Pr- Somebody yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, it's, that's just super interesting that that's where they had to go 
to to not lose ratings or to not lose interest because it is a really boring thing to watch a bunch of super rich actors pat themselves on the back. Mm-hmm. So I saw I saw a couple things and and I'll let everybody else kind of um, direct the conversation after this. But I saw a couple things that I um, that I'm sure any any of our listeners who are generally pretty active on social media might have seen some of these. I saw a few um, celebrities and a few uh, I guess um, Hollywood commentators who said you know with the threat of war and with all the things going on culturally. Um, you know, the last thing that um, those actors needed to hear was Ricky Gervais tell them how much they all suck. So, how, how would you guys res- how would you guys respond to that? I would say I would say that's the the main thing they need to hear. Um, my uh, my wife when we wa- we watched the Ricky Gervais thing a few hours ago just to think of, like basically just have LOLs at it. Yeah, um, and her comment was actually pretty pretty enlightening. She's like. The, the speech and the whole idea of Hollywood in the award shows reminds her of the Hunger Games, where you get all you get is people who live as, apart from the rest of society, who have no recollection of what it's like to live a normal life, right. come together in their delicacies, in their fancy jets, in their limousines, in their million-dollar dresses, in their, with their champagne, and then they pat themselves on back on how much good they're doing in the world right. when there's more wealth in that room that any problem that we are mm-hmm. facing in the world could be eradicated. Right. Anything that could be that could be eradicated by money, that room had enough money to do so. Right. Yep. right. And then they sit there and they just virtue signal to the rest of us to go out and do something more. Right. And it's yeah. like, and it's funny. I thought that's what my favorite part of the Ricky Gervais speech is the one part where I actually think he went and he actually seemed like he got emotionally angry when he was like, and now he's, he's an actor and it was all part of the show, I'm sure. But it seemed like it was more genuine when he was saying about like, um, when you're giving your speeches, don't get up and just virtue signal. Nobody cares what you think. Right. Like yeah. he's basically, you guys don't know anything. You don't know what suffering is like. Yeah. Just say thank you and go. And then he swore and then said, go, <laughs> go sit down. And I yeah. and like, despite him like being vulgar about it, I was just like, amen. Cause that's literally <laughs> what we've been saying on the podcast for two years about right. every award show is mm-hmm. literally like, I don't care what these people think. I don't even, I don't like, I, I, it blows my mind. There's an award show to pat them on their back for a job where you get paid to pretend you're somebody else in the first place. Right. Like, yeah, there's so. yeah. <laughs> it just blows my well, mind. Well, you know, what's funny is, is if you, if you look in like academia, there is peer reviewed, journals right so that's the big brain guys writing articles for each other and essentially patting themselves on the back but because they're actors and actresses they have to do that on tv <laughs> so yeah exactly I mean, and they, and they have to do it you know while walking the red carpet for x number yeah. of hours prior to and telling right. everybody who they're wearing and all that um the other, I'm wearing Vera Wang hoodie tonight. Oh, sorry, I'm impressed it's, that you know who Vera that is. Vera Wang is what I'm wearing. <laughs> Value Village, uh, Valu Village, the, a French designer. <clears throat> um, the other, the other, uh, I guess, uh, response to it was, um, or, or just something that uh, I, maybe from the Christian community that I saw a little bit of, which is interesting since we're talking about virtue signaling. But um, so, what would your response be to the Christians who are saying, you know, Ricky Gervais is a is an atheist. He's an outspoken atheist. He's very critical of Christianity. He's usually very vulgar. We shouldn't be applauding him. Grant, you kind of touched on that earlier, but um, how would how would we respond to all of the Christians? who I would say are virtue signaling on social media right now saying, uh, you shouldn't be laughing at him. I think they're, they're blinder than he is, which is sad because Mm. it's, it's a terrible state in the church or in our culture when non-Christians can see the problems better than we can. Yep. And, uh, to, to even slightly plug the, synodoc that founders ministry put out by what standard at the beginning they have agnostics and atheists uh pointing out the issues in our culture and the problems of things like critical race theory um that christians are not seeing yeah whether whether purposefully not seeing it or or they're just blinded and at any case it's super sad and it's and because ricky gervais can get up there and tell those jokes so pungently Yep. And and we just think, whoa, too far or 
he shouldn't have gone there or shouldn't have said it or what like like they're more worried or upset about the cuss word or something like oh he said it that way and it's like you're right. just you're not you're not getting it yeah do you like, think that what makes his performance so um i guess you could say successful because everyone's talking about it whether you like it or not wherever you come down on that but what makes it so successful is that he kind of pulled a play from Donald Trump and Boris Johnson's playbook. Like, he kind of said what no one else was going to say, but he was man enough to actually do it. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and you wonder, you wonder, it'll be interesting to see the, the backlash in the next few days. And, and like you said um, earlier, whether or not he gets ostracized for it, because I think you're exactly right. And it's, you know, we've talked a lot about who, um, who mud sticks to and who it doesn't in our culture right now right doug wilson uh i remember and this stuck with me when he when he said that justification is an inescapable concept right there's always going to be the justified ones and biblical justification looks like those who have been justified by the imputed righteousness of christ um but society a secular society has its justified ones too and right now it is the intersectionality, it is the, the those who are woke, right? And the, are they are mm-hmm. the justified ones. And so I think Doug Wilson was talking about it in context of Martin Luther King, talking about how, um, you know, it was him who said, I have a dream that my, my kids will one day be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And, and yet you can't judge Martin Luther King by the content of his character because he is a justified one. So when you call him, you know, a fornicator and a serial adulterer and, you know, a, a heretic in terms of his theology, um, then suddenly you've stepped outside of the bounds and you have things like the TGC doing the MLK 50 conference, mm-hmm. um, despite all of those things, because he is a secular justified one. And so it'll be interesting to see if Ricky Gervais falls into that category because he isn't a Christian. He's outspoken against Christianity often. And, um, I don't actually know him well enough. I don't follow him at all to know kind of where he stands in terms of like climate change and, you know, all those hot button topics, but it'll just be interesting to see if the mud sticks to him or not. Because I think one of the things that's been so fascinating watching the Donald Trump, um, presidency has been that, (laughs) <laughs> like for for all the venom and all the hatred for him nothing sticks to him right like nope. like everybody hates him but like nothing is really sticking to him and even the impeachment well not everyone hates him cuz he was elected well th- well okay yeah that's my point is yeah. like is like you know the media and and everybody is doing their darndest to make everybody hate yeah. him and right. yet and yet He's still getting elected. You know, he's done a great job appointing justices at the higher courts and stuff like that. Like slowly and surely and even quietly behind all the noise, he's just winning. Right. They they hate him so much they don't even know how to impeach him. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) They lose their mind. I know. (laughs) It's like a kid who's who's just angry. And then you're like, what do you what do you need? Like, what do you want right now? They don't have anything to say what they want. They're just like, I just don't want whatever is happening right now to be happening. Yeah. It's like I want the world to cease around me. That's the uh, I literally can't even. I literally can't. (laughs) I I just can't even. (laughs) Well, they don't know that. Like, I grew up in the day when I I even even when I literally couldn't. Say that again. I evened even when I literally (laughs) couldn't. That was a terrible joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was like a dad joke. It is a dad joke. I'm I'm old now, so I can make that. Good job, Pooty. Even though I have no children, but that's beside the point. Um, You can tell dad jokes to my kids anytime you want to. Okay. (laughs) Free reign. So we're just doing a little admin about parenting. Um, Joe Rogan actually said something. I don't like Joe Rogan. He's another one of those guys who's like Ricky Gervais. I don't I don't listen to him. I don't follow him. But I happen to come across him responding to the Ricky Gervais thing. And he actually okay. said something that you kind of touched on, Erica. You said, well, not everybody hates him because he got elected. And Joe Rogan actually went basically had like a five, six minute speech on, on YouTube on his podcast, basically saying that thing where he's like, the perception is that everyone feels the way that Hollywood feels everywhere. Everybody feels the way that the CNN feels and the left media feels, Mm -hmm. but that's not, that's not the true nature of one America, one Canada. 
Beca- with people because one, these guys are getting elected in Canada. Doug Ford got elected yeah. in Ontario, which is probably our most yeah. liberal province. Um, and, uh, Trump, Trump, Andrew Shear got the uh, he won the popular vote, right? If if Trudeau had done electoral reform like he promised, he wouldn't be our prime minister right now. Jerk. <laughs> exactly, the popular vote went to the conservative guy. Yeah. Trump. Won in, in 2016. He's going to probably win again in 2014. Yeah, I don't even think it'll be close. I think it's going to be a landslide. I, I, I don't think it will be either, but yeah. it's it's because the majority isn't on, so like isn't on Twitter, isn't on social media, spewing off every single day. Most people just don't have time for that nonsense. Right. Most of and, them are boomers just trying to like pay into their retirement <laughs> a few more years, right? Like exactly. seriously. Yeah. And, so, and so like Hollywood turning on itself, which, we're, which we talked about a little bit, we're all like Joe Rogan said, may basically said, well, like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. These things work in cycles. Eventually people are going to start realizing the hypocrisy and the stupidity of what's right. What's happening. And then it takes somebody like Ricky Gervais who just doesn't care to get up and say, you guys are stupid. Right. And so, okay. So I think just to kind of give this a, rather than just like slamming Hollywood and all that kind of stuff, like let's, let's redeem the conversation a bit. Not that it hasn't been oh, a, an enjoyable conversation. No, no, no. So insightful. <laughs> no, this is good. I thought um, we were going to make a rap about it. <laughs> hey, if you're ready to <laughs> rap, go for it. I know Grant's into rapping, so. <clears throat> all right. I'm good. So here's, here's what I would say. I would say, um, I think all of this, for anybody who's read Doug Wilson's uh, Empires of Dirt, um, there, there's something that he talks about there that has stuck with me where he says, you know, society is right now built like a house of cards and and everything's about to collapse, right? And I think anybody who's actually keeping their eyes on what's going on culturally can see that, right? We've never had this sort of just venomous divide between the right and the left, between like the chasm between ideologies. I think one of the one of the last places or some of the last few places that used to be sort of um, I won't even I won't say neutral territory because we've talked a lot about the myth of neutrality. I think it, it was built on a myth, but this sort of middle ground area where like a Republican and a Democrat or a conservative and a liberal or a Christian and an atheist could come together and watch a movie together or cheer on a, a, a football team together. Like those days are even gone because sports is getting politicized and movies are getting politicized and Hollywood is getting more and more outspoken about their ideologies. And so all of those neutral, I'm, I'm using air quotes because that's great radio, um, it, all of those neutral areas are being taken away. And so the divide is getting worse and worse. And so anyway, Doug Wilson goes on to say, you know, something cataclysmic is going to happen. And whatever that is, right, he's not predicting like civil war or anything like that, but just I think even seeing these little things like Hollywood eating itself, right, seeing um, there's some there's some stuff going on out in Western Canada right now where um, the literally a lot of the lobbyist groups for uh, the feminists are, are going to war against the LGBT community because of the trans, the trans folk who are winning <laughs> awards and sports, you know, uh, records and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about the cognitive dissonance that it takes not to see the, um, the, the cracks in the ideology. So as everything comes down, Doug Wilson says, um, Christianity needs to be there kind of ready to pick up the pieces. And so I think these little things like Ricky Gervais, like unleashing on Hollywood is us starting to see cracks in the dam. And I think Christians need to be ready and have answers for the questions that come when people come. Cause I, I honestly, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's going to come fall of this year when Trump gets reelected by a landslide. <laughs> I think it's going to, I think it's just going to send America into like a tailspin and Christians need to be ready to, to answer those questions, right? We need to be ready to kind of talk about what happened and, and the gospel that is the solution for it. Yeah. And, and, and I want to be there. Because, like, I know there's going to be riots. I want to burn a cop car. It'll be great. <laughs> so the, the cool thing about it is that it is going to force Christians to get their theology straight. Yeah. Because the more and more the new, the neutral, quote unquote, neutral parts of life become politicized. Well, Christians for a long time, because of dispensationalism and uh, two kingdom theology, right? We don't. We don't uh, we don't interject in in politics. That's not where Christians go. Right. But the more and more the regular quote unquote neutral things of their life are being politicized. So what are they going to do? 
So you got to get your theology straight. And yep. so that's a good thing that, that it's going to force Christians to actually know why they do random things like sports or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, we're going to have to have, uh, you know, applied theology in, yeah. in a much deeper way. Absolutely. And I think <clears throat> what excites me is that I think that the Christians that are going to be most ready to respond when something like that happens are going to be the Christians who are talking about it now. Right. So yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to pat like our network on the back, but I, I think we're pretty good at this. But like, when I think about this, I think about like the fight last feast guys, everybody coming out of Moscow. I think of like why, you know, CR Wiley. I think about like some of these, these Christians, you know, Joe boot just down the street from us. Yep. Like some of these guys who have been talking about this for years, they have their applied theology, right? Like they, they, they've, they've been writing books and, and, and blogging and doing podcasts about, um, you know, uh, theology as it, as it applies to politics and culture for years. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite honestly, it's a lot of the kind of the, the woke Christians who have divorced themselves from any sort of cultural, uh, with, from any sort of cultural voice, except to come out every once in a while to take a shot at Donald Trump. Um, and they don't have their theology sorted out for any of this stuff. So they're not going to have a voice or at least they're not going to have a credible voice. And I'm excited for that because I think they've been, they've been the ones kind of setting the culture for Christians as they engage for a long time to, to our detriment. Right. I, I remember there was a, an article not that long ago where uh, I, I imagine you guys read it because I know you guys have had some uh, connection with Redeemer. Um, but uh, when Tim Keller wrote that, uh, I think it was a New York Times article uh, called Might have like, been the Atlantic, do, depending on what you're talking about. But um, where you where he said, how do Christians fit into the two uh, the two party yeah. political system? And he's like, they don't. Right. Did you read yeah. that art- article? Yeah. And, and essentially, I mean, here Tim Keller has like, you know, the, 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 the country, you know, listening yeah. and he chooses not to talk about any of the, the most crucial cultural things going on. And, uh, and so I think, I, I think those are the voices that, you know, as, as indebted as I am to him for a lot of, of theology and stuff, those are the voices that will lose credibility because they don't have a theology for how all this plays out in culture. Yep. Out of all the things he could have talked about, he picked the two things that are easiest to gloss over. Yeah. To just turn the page and not even read it. Mm. Yeah, totally. So So, I will say this, if we're concluding this segment, though, that maybe half or more of why Ricky Gervais is so funny is because of his English accent. Totally. Yeah. I've often said, I've often said, Pootie, you're just as smart as Joe Boot. You just don't have the accent to go along with it. <laughs> you said that about yourself, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, and, and last thing, I, I, at some point I meant to say this, but, you know, um, I think I think what we saw with the whole Ricky Gervais thing was God God struck a, a straight blow with a crooked stick, right? And I think I think yep. that was uh, I think that was dead on um, by somebody who um, God just used to say the right thing at the right time and and unleash all of this into the culture. So um, let's uh, let's have God glorifying conversations about it and use it to uh, to talk to Christians about what we ought to think about all these sorts of things. So. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about just the network and where we're going and what we're doing. So, uh, Grant and Erica, we've been talking quite a while about just rebranding, renaming the network, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, why don't you guys just talk a little bit from from your perspective on? Okay, Rebel Alliance Media becomes uh, Reformed Rebel Network. Why do we like that, and what are we planning on doing with it? Well. You know, we came in after you guys had already established your podcast and were uh, building a network. And we, you know, we uh, benefited greatly by what you guys were doing before we ever joined the team. And we're totally fine with Rebel Alliance Media. Uh, quite frankly, I, I really like the Rebel idea just because um, we are coming into this world with a, a worldview um, that that is completely counter to common culture, like we've been talking about the whole uh, first half of this podcast. So I like the idea of Rebel. I like coming in and saying, hey, we're coming in, we're going to be different. It's probably going to be a little rambunctious and it's probably going to ruffle your feathers and it's probably going to be a little messy, uh, but we're trying to be biblical and that's just what's going to happen when you're in a culture steeped in secularism. So we were all on board. We loved it. 
And, um, you know, we, we kept having these behind the scenes conversations. Obviously, you guys get the questions all the time about, are you, a, are you also a part of that rebel media and stuff? We don't <laughs> get those. Is uh, your boss? <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't get that here because nobody knows about that. Yeah, down I didn't here. know what it was. Um, but, but I liked, um, being able to change the name, keep the, keep the name network in there. We are a, a group of people working together for, for the kingdom and, um, to spread the good news of Jesus in many different ways through the network. And so that was awesome. And keeping rebel in there, of course, for, for those reasons. And then adding reformed on there, because that is another thing that unifies us is that we all share a reformed worldview. This post-millennial worldview that we have historically is a reformed view that Amen. the glory of God is going to cover the face of the earth as waters cover the sea. And so, and, and that's, you know, the ethos of, of what we do. That's, that comes out in probably every single episode we ever put out. Somehow it comes out. And, um, so, so doing reformed rebel network in that way, I hope I did some justice to, you know, what we've changed it to just felt like a good fit. It felt like a good, good transition and that it fit well with what, what we've been doing already. And, um, and at least it helps us kind of distance away from the crazies, the overtly, uh, Star Wars, the the Canadian crazies up there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I would. I would say for me, and like changing the network name, it just it's just a more uh, a better way to identify what we're actually doing. Um, Rebel Alliance Media. We we had, we thought it was a clever ode to Star Wars, and at the very beginning, it was like kind of part of what we were going to talk about. But as time goes on, God use, God bursts different things than what we had originally intended to use this for. Um, and so it, it changed into like something that we had to always have to continually go back to the name and explain it. And it was like every couple like months we would have to be like, hey, we're called this because we thought this was clever when we were sitting in a garage a couple years ago. <laughs> um, and so it's like it's one of those things for me where when we started the idea behind the scenes of changing the name, we got on board with it pretty quickly because of the fact that this this is much more of who we are in terms of, of a network, in terms of a podcast, in terms of a group of podcasts, and just as Christians, right? Like, um, I think this identifies us a lot better than Rebel Alliance Media did. And I'm and to be right up front, I'm sick of getting asked if we're related to the <laughs> Rebel Alliance Media pod, the other one. And the, uh, the other thing is I... There was a number of people, and I know everybody who's listening has found us in, number, in a number of different ways, word of mouth, through other podcasts, through referrals, through luck. Yeah. Um, some, but if you, some like big names was gracious enough to us to say yes and yeah, come right. on. Yeah. Exactly. But like, I, you would not know how many people we run into or we're, we're somewhere and we're like, oh, we didn't even know there was this podcast around until we've had to like tell them. And they're like, oh, I've searched reform podcasts and there's yeah. just nothing. It, we don't come mm-hmm. up with the old network name. We didn't come up in any of those searches. And so p- p- the part of the reason that this podcast exists is to reach the, the world with a, a biblical worldview making it easier to do that just from simple things like reformed somebody searches reformed theology our podcast right. is now going to come up just as a win for us yeah and and to be honest re- the rebel part is the part we always kind of identified with anyway like grant was saying so um i think i think i think it's win-win if i if i can put it that way yeah totally and uh <clears throat> one of the things that uh so grant you touched on this and i you know, it's interesting, you know, some of the questions we sometimes get, which I think is hilarious, is just about the differences in theology between you guys as Presbyterians and us as Reformed Baptists. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's so interesting that, like, other than the pot shots, like, other than just, like, having fun with one another, yeah. that's never been a source of contention. And I think, you know, one of the things that's been so amazing about this network and, and getting to know you guys is, like, the the optimistic outlook, right? The optimistic eschatology, the 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 wholehearted belief that God is going to win this world, like far outweighs, I think, any of those small differences that come from you know your affinity for baptizing babies. So <laughs> we like it, and and I I say that like you know I think that's I think that's something so when we put the name reformed in there we're not just talking about soteriology we're not just talking about being calvinistic we're we're talking about 
our belief that the, you know, the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, as Grant said, that Jesus came to be the savior of the world. And, uh, and really, I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. And so it was interesting. Um, I got to preach, um, a very kind of overt, <laughs> overtly post-millennial, uh, sermon, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, there were a few people in the congregation who have come more recently and hadn't heard it. And I was having one conversation with somebody and, um, they had never heard sort of like a, a just double barreled post-millennial like blast before. And, uh, and, you know, I was bringing up, you know, first John four fourteen that Jesus is the savior of the world and, and John three seventeen that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world, all that stuff. And, and they were like, to be honest, I wasn't all that surprised because it just made sense with everything else that you've ever said, right? It just comes out. You, so I've never, so since I've been there or since this person has been to the church, I've never preached like a post-millennial sermon but every sermon is post-millennial because everything is post-millennial. And I think that's what's true about our podcasts, our blog posts, our social media interaction. Like all of it is motivated by this wholehearted belief that culture will be won by King Jesus. And I think that trumps everything else in terms of, of why we do what we do and the motivation with which we do it. Well, and that's why... Uh, we talk about those things is because those things, the Hollywood needs to be put under the Lordship of Jesus. We talk about politics because that needs to be put under the Lordship of Jesus. We talk about movies or you guys do more so than we do (laughs) because that needs to get put under the Lordship of Jesus, education and um, sports and all those other things in our world, right? The all of Christ for all of life, like it, the yeah. you know Abraham Kuyper's idea, like there's not a square inch of this universe that Jesus doesn't call mine, like right. so so yeah, that's just gonna that's gonna come out. So that's why the podcast even touches on those things. We're not trying to be cool to show like we stay up in Hollywood and like we <laughs> we watch like, none the of that is Netflix about us. shows, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's it's all about these are things that need to bend the knee to King Jesus. And so let's, let's, let's do that. Let's go speak truth to that. And, and I think that's, you know, when we talk about engaging culture with a biblical worldview, I love the way, um, Greg Bonson put it when he says, um, you know, the goal of our Christian study ought to be that we think Christianly. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to think Christianly about, social media, think Christianly about entertainment, think Christianly about politics, all of those things, because whether you're somebody in front of a microphone or you're somebody on the other end and you're listening to this as you commute to work or you listen to this while you're at the gym or wherever it is, you know, you are as a Christian responsible to think Christianly about all of these things so that when they come up at the water cooler at work, when they come up at, you know, um, Christmas dinner, uh, you have something to say. A Christian ought to have an opinion on all of these things because, as Grant said, all of Christ for all of life. So, um, amen to all that. Yeah, because everyone has been given at least some small bit of the world, and, and God commanded us at the very beginning to subdue it and take dominion. That's right. So, no, no it doesn't matter what it is. I was just telling... Our, our kids about that. Like you have a, you have a room, you have a room that you are to subdue and take dominion right here in your room. <laughs> Therefore it has to be clean, clean and orderly. And right. When you clean your room, yes, yeah. you're doing it for me, but it is for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. God is not a God of uh, disorder, right? Is that how many times have you said that one, Erica, as they are, you're enticing them to clean their room. That's awesome. Um, okay. So Erica, who's been quiet over there, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit? So let's talk a little bit. So we've, we've changed this name, Reform Rebel Network. That's who we are. Uh, we got a, a lot of really exciting things in the, in the works. We are not at liberty. <laughs> the powers that be, which, which <laughs> is just a funny way of uh, trying to ominously say that there are those in authority over us <laughs> who do, will not allow us to. No, no, we, we are at liberty to talk about everything that we have planned for the new year. 
Um, but uh, I would like to talk a little bit about some of the things that we are at liberty to talk about. So I, I want Erica to kind of whet their appetite for for something that I'm actually most excited about in the in the near future. So Erica, why don't you talk about your new endeavor? Oh, okay. I was like, which one are you most excited about? <laughs> I I, um, hey, I love food. <laughs> Go for it. Yep. Okay. So we are in the process. We meaning Grant and Sandra Rollett and I are in the process of writing a family devotional and feasting guide. And it's going to be an antithesis to Lent. So instead of giving up in order to bring yourself closer to the throne of God, we're actually going to do the opposite. And we're going to say Easter is all about what Jesus has done. And so because of what King Jesus has done, we get to be invited to the table and feast at his table. And so we have... um, 40 days worth of devotionals, and we have um, like meal plan, a meal guide to go with each devotional. So, so it's 40 days of devotions and 40 days of recipes. Every yeah. single day, well, has... a whole meal, like not even just one recipe, but like a whole meal plan. So, yeah. and and it's supposed to be um, geared towards the Christian who wants to open up their home and host too. So there's some stuff going on with that, and I don't know what else we want to talk about right now. So the meals are easy to multiply for the ladies listening that are wondering about this. Like, Like, they're meals that are. Like, you bless them and they (laughs) eat 5,000? Yeah, there's several just. (laughs) There's there's several two fish and five loaf meals. Right, yeah. That's the default. Yeah. And um, so that way you can invite. Yeah, so that way you can invite a family. We lost you. And it would be easy to. Or if you have a community group or something like that, it'd be super fun. Trying to to, make it adaptable. Yeah. To fit your needs in order to feast. But, but like from the preparation of the meal to the invitation to your friends to actually sitting down and doing the devotion as a group, like it's, it's meant to be very holistic and the whole experience is meant to be uh, worshipful. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear us? Yeah. Mm, I can't hear you. Just look great with a mustache if you can hear me. Oh, he's here. Yes. <laughs> I think we're weird. good. Like, we can hear you. Hello, hello. Dave, if you're listening, I think this is 42 minutes that we'll need edits. Well, maybe not edits. 43 on, yep. on his recording. <clears throat> Oh, you can hear me. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, call, I'll call you back, okay? Okay, I'm going to keep recording just to let it go. Uh, that's so <laughs> funny. Like, that was really funny. <coughs> hello, hello? Hey, that's better. I like how I'm like, right. I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm sure that was all good. Are you guys still recording? Yep, yeah, I just okay. let it keep going. Okay, so I'm sure everything you just said was great. So we'll just pick up as if you said something brilliant, all right? So Pudi, how about, so Dave, um, good good luck trying to sync these up. So Chris, but just react to the food. Just react to the food. No? All right, here, I'll I'll react. All right, ready? I love the food. I love this idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with that. Right, I love I love this idea. Um, I love this idea for two reasons. One, I d- I've always thought Lent was kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's kind of dumb. Um, here, my thing with uh, we can we can Lent rant another time. Let me let me say why I think this is great. Uh, there's a book um, called "The Gospel Comes with a House Key" by Rosanna Butterfield, which mm-hmm. yep. is very impactful. And the whole idea, what she does, if you guys don't know who she is, she's a lady who's basically. Her theology for anybody who's listening is she never wants to eat a meal alone. So she brings people into her home and it's just simply like, let's feed everybody in my, and, and share the gospel and all this stuff. And so I love, I love this idea um, that you guys are doing where it's like, okay, we're going to take the day that reeks the most of Christian victory, victory in the, in the year um, is Easter in my opinion. The, the day that death was conquered the, and the, the kingdom was established, in, in my opinion. And then with the 40 days prior to that, what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate that and we're going to celebrate it the right way, the way that we're going to be doing for eternity, feasting in joy with other believers, bringing people into our home and sharing what Christ has done. 
checkmate, basically. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, and then if you want to cook it for me, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'll figure out a way to do it like jointly. Just yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Cooking. We'll do it for sure. Um, You're actually a good cook. Thank you. I feel like I am too. Um, <laughs> so the thing I love about it is, um, and I was just talking about this at Christmas too, uh, with somebody who... Um, who doesn't celebrate Christmas um, because uh, they're regulative principle folks. And so they're like, oh, Jesus never celebrated Christmas. Therefore, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't like those people. Yeah. Well, they must celebrate Hanukkah then. (laughs) So, but, (laughs) but my point was like, there's nothing more regulative than every single time God did something amazing. He commanded his people to feast. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Easter, the ultimate God did something great for humanity. Let's, let's feast. Let's not, let's not fast for it. Let's feast mm-hmm. for it. So I love yeah. that. I, I have to ask this, Erica, are any of the meal plans sausage? Uh, there's a lot of pork, I think. <laughs> right. This is, this is, um, uh, so anybody who doesn't know yet. Yeah. I see where you're going. Oh now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so during, during the Protestant reformation, right. This was, this was the, uh, the, um, Protest Zwingli, to right? Lent. Sorry, what was that, Grant? Was that, wasn't it Zwingli that yeah, did that? Yeah, so Zwingli yeah. had to like eat sausage to like protest Lent, right? And uh, and that was the there whole point go. was he was breaking the Catholic Lent, and uh, by by inviting all of his church to come and eat sausage together, um, and and like sausage particularly, <laughs> right? Which I love, <laughs> and so I love that sort of defiant, right? Hey, we're we're rebels, right? So let's let's do the thing that. Uh, that kind of strays away from tradition where tradition maybe isn't necessarily um, the right. most appropriate thing to do. Um, and uh, so I love it. I think it's a great idea. That's awesome. So how can people be watching out for that, Erica? Um, I don't know just yet. <laughs> it will come out um, the end of February. and When Lent starts. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to end up starting a day after like the church calendar of Lent, but that's another topic for another day. But so we're going to run it into Easter because we want it to like have Easter be our big like crescendo, you know. So um, so basically watch the blog. So we're going to yeah, we're going to post it on the blog. And I'm pretty sure we haven't talked to Ben about this yet, but I, I want it to be like a daily thing. I think it's that's the easiest for 40 days for it to come out every single day as opposed to like a big lump of days all mixed together. So. And that, that'll keep people coming back, keep checking the blog so they can go yep, back there right. daily for that recipe, for that devotional. And uh, and I just have to say, I mean, we're obviously in a network together, so people sometimes are like, oh, that's a thing that the whole network is doing. But like our family and many of the families at our church were greatly blessed by the um, Behold Your King Advent devotional this year, uh, which our friends over at uh, Ezra Press um, published. And uh, you guys did a great job with that. So um, the, uh, the Van Brimmers and I'll say even more particularly Erica and Sandra are, are just amazing at putting these family guides together. Um, so I would really, really encourage you to watch out for that because it's going to be, it's going to be dynamite. I, I also like that <laughs> they've, they found a way for me to give up something during Lent. Which is dieting. So, <laughs> I'm gonna give up. You're gonna need to invest up. in some I'm stretchy pants. Giving up dieting to do this Lent challenge. Yeah. So, like, really, I, I hit both. Yeah. I hit both the feasting and the giving up. <laughs> and just so just in case you just in case you missed that, you don't have to rewind the podcast. Um, so Erica says all you need in order to participate is um, is watch the blog, get on there every day for the devotional and and, and invest in some stretchy pants. So that's yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Love it. Um, so that's super exciting. And I think that's uh, that's very much up our alley. So um, awesome. Praise God for that uh, awesome idea. Um, and uh, and there's some some other cool stuff. So um, speaking of family devotion guides, uh, one of the cool things that uh, you guys did through Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids was the systematics for saplings. And again, um, our our churches use this for some of the family stuff uh, that we've been doing over the fall. Um, Awesome, uh, I guess, series of posts that you guys put together and and series of stuff. Um, But uh, uh, the wonderful second stringer, Ben Emery, is helping us put some stuff together. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, uh, either one of you, Grant or Erica? Um. Yeah, Ben took it upon himself to 
refine it, edit it, add some things. Just say what it is. He made it better. He, he did. He really has yeah. been typically. I say second stringer true. with all the affection in my heart because uh, <laughs> this this network would not be what it is without Ben Emery. <laughs> right. Um, and and so he's added activity sheets for kids to do mm-hmm. um, a memory verse a week. And so he actually turned it into something that can be used in many other different ways. So even at a church, a weekly Sunday school uh, lesson plan, you can combine the days of that week and use it for Sunday school lesson plan or something. And Homeschool Bible curriculum? Yeah, homes, exactly. It's 12 weeks. So, I mean, that covers almost a whole semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a lot of it's more just refining and... Um, and I'm just super grateful that Ben uh, took took the initiative on that one and really did that. Because I think we did have some conversations about, you know, putting that out again, whether in an ebook or something like that. And he ran with it and it's turned out really well. So yeah. um, I think you can get it if you become a patron um, at the $2 a month level. So if you want to go ahead and get it for um, for signing up for that, you can do it that way. And then, is it in our shop? Did he put it in the shop already, or not? Um, if if not, then by the time this airs, actually, that's tomorrow. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, shortly, shortly after. Yeah, it shortly airs. after this airs, um, uh, it, it, yeah, it'll be in the shop. So you can, uh, if you're yeah. a patron, you get it for free because of your contribution. Um, but if not, it'll be in the shop. And and like everything in our shop, it'll only cost you a couple bucks. So. Yeah, and like Ben said, that's a couple dollars Canadian. If you're in America, it's like a quarter. So it's really <laughs> there you go. It's yeah, it's less than uh, it's less than a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So for for sure, <laughs> even during happy hour. Um, so, so that's some exciting stuff that's happening, uh, on your end. Um, we're not really going to, we can't talk about too much of the other stuff in terms of like network stuff. Um, there's some cool stuff happening, uh, some cool stuff happening, uh, for, for our podcast in terms of guests coming on, uh, in terms of some stuff that, uh, that I'll be doing with Ezra at the Ezra Institute. Um, we also have a recording session with Joe Boot coming up where we're going to, um, all of the questions that have come in after the Eschatology 201 series, um, I've kind of, uh, we've kind of put all of the questions that came together and kind of amalgamated some of them and put them together. And I've sent those off to Joe and, uh, and Joe, I'm like, uh, do you think we can get together Joe and, uh, and answer these together? He's like, that shouldn't be a problem, right? Like he's just very, <laughs> like, he's like, he's got this. So I'll, I'll probably just be sitting beside Joe as he brilliantly answers them all. But, uh, but we're going to do a, a recording session where we're going to answer all of the individual questions. So if you've sent in questions after watching the SK Eschatology 201 series, um, then uh, then just know your question will get answered. We're doing that soon. And actually, on that note, uh, there's there's just some some awesome people who have reached out and uh, and people have been using the Eschatology 201 series for like small group Bible studies and stuff like that. And that's just so encouraging to hear. Um, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So uh, we've had a few requests as well for kind of putting those together um, so that you can download the the videos without tearing them off YouTube. Um, so we're going to put that in our shop as well. Um, so anyway, just lots of cool stuff that's been coming out that way. And, uh, and while we're talking about patron, I think one of the things, uh, that we just kind of wanted to, as we rebranded one of the re I think one of the motivators for rebranding was just the recognition that, uh, we put the patron stuff together and I think none of us really expected the level of support that came as quickly as it did from the patrons. And we knew that we were kind of in the, in the process of talking through rebranding, and so uh, I know we've talked about merch and getting getting shirts and all that kind of stuff. We just we we wanted to make sure that we rebranded so that none of the shirts that we've sent to people and stuff like that are immediate uh, immediately obsolete. obsolete. Already. Um, so I just want to s- speak specifically to our patrons right now and just say thanks so much for your support. It it kind of blew us away and uh, and kind of um, has caused us to feel the need to get a little bit more professional and and better at uh, at uh, keeping you guys uh, in the inner circle. And uh, and so kind of rebranding is sort of our, our part of that of saying okay we're gonna we're gonna kind of start doing this right. Um, so, uh, so thank you so much for that. And thank you for bearing with us. And I know we've hit a couple of goals on the Patreon page that, uh, are also in the works. So, uh, so thanks for your patience and all that. Anything you guys want to say about that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Just, just, uh, if you're a patron and, uh, again, we thank you for your faithfulness, but, um, be on the lookout for 
that stuff coming your way t-shirt and whatever else we can we can drum up to to give you guys um and one of the things that we just while we're talking kind of about our listeners and stuff i think one of the things that drew us to talk to you guys other than just enjoying your show when you first started it um one of the things that kind of drew us to uh, want to do a network and, and, and be partnered with you guys was I think you guys had something that we really valued in our listenership. And that was a lot of engagement, right? A lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people reaching out, asking questions, responding to things. Uh, and so we just want to, um, thank the community that listens to, um, both podcasts for just how, um, how often we get messages and emails and all that kind of stuff, um, asking questions and suggesting show topics and stuff that really, I mean, that's, I, I, I'll just speak for myself and you guys can talk about this afterwards, but that's really what kind of keeps me going. I love, like we've been doing this pooty for, I don't know what episode we're at. Like I mean, two year, two years in February. There you go. Or three. Years. So we've been doing. Maybe it's three years. Yeah, it I three think years? it is three years. It's crazy. It's a long time. Um, three years. It's just it's a, three years. Yeah, it's a long time, right? Like, and <laughs> and so you just kind of not that you run out of topics, right? Because there's always going to be a Ricky Gervais doing something, or there's always going to be you know Hollywood saying something stupid, or you know Trudeau does something stupid and gives us a week worth of content. But um, but we really like to do content that's helpful to the people who are listening and the people who are faithfully supporting. So um, if you have any requests, if you if there are areas that you want us to touch on, even if you get a bit of Rebel News, like we love it when we just get a message that says, hey, yep. Rebel News, hey, have you guys looked at this yet? And just send us an article or whatever. So um, yeah, you have to send us those things because we don't have cable. So, like- <laughs> we live in Canada, like we're, we're in we're in igloos. So <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say, uh, we, we thrive on that sort of feedback and, and everything. So, uh, keep that stuff coming because that's why we, that's why we do what we do. So. Agreed. Amen. All right. That was kind of anticlimactic, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, send us your, send us your crazy, send us your crazy theological questions. Yeah. Yes, we love the crazy theological questions. Those I, are our favorite mo- questions. Mo- mostly, I love sending them to Grant and Erica and saying, "You guys should do a show on this." <laughs> <laughs> this we'll, do the, we'll do the news item. You 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 answer the question about how um, the uh, how how Jacob was able to get the uh, the cows to uh, be born with uh, stripes going that way. <laughs> How did Balaam speak with proper vocal cords? Like, yeah, those kinds of how questions. How do we know? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, so we like sending those ones to the Van Brimmers. Um, all right, anything else you guys wanted to touch on while we're all together? Do you want to talk about Lila's new endeavor? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, please. So Lila, our eldest, uh, if you listen to Fathers of the Faith, you know her a little bit. Um, her and her friend Blaine, which is Sandra Rollett's oldest child, um, those two are going to start a podcast together and they're going to call it apprentice theologians. And, um, we're going to, we're obviously going to help them out and uh, get this thing off the ground, but really they're going to tackle things that kids deal with, whether it's, um, TV shows or movies, they're going to play spot the lie on the show. Um, they're going to learn some theology. Uh, we're going to give them a topic. So this is the parent's choice. Parents um, pick. Parents pick. Yes. That's right. And that's going to be that's going to be us helping train the uh, the apprentice. And then um, and then the second topic of their show is going to be something they want to talk about. So it'll be short. It'll be easy to digest for you know the kind of the tweener age, ten to fifteen, is kind of the target uh, demographic with this one. But we're really looking forward to getting that off the ground and getting it to you guys and. Uh, Lila and Blaine um, doing that one. So did you want to add anything? Uh, it'll alternate every other week. Yeah. So. so then Fathers of the Faith and Apprentice Theologians will, will alternate every other week. With that That's one. awesome. Yeah. And one of the things that really excited me about this when you guys threw out this idea is um, not that I'm on like uh, iTunes looking up like teenage podcasts <laughs> very often. Um, but, but certainly, um, in terms of what I've seen out there, there's not a whole lot of like teenage podcasts out there for Christians and, and, and as small, a, a, uh, um, as, as few content, as little content as there is in that demographic, even less for like 
reformed young people, right? Yep. And so um, I'm really excited about that because, you know, um, for all of our, many of our listeners, they have, you know, 10 year olds and 12 year olds and 15 year olds Mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, hopefully they listen to our shows, but, but sometimes there's going to be uh, topics that um, they'll have a unique perspective on or, or topics that just don't really make our news because um, it's not as relevant to somebody in their uh, right. early 40s, if you're Chris, or, or mid-30s for the rest of us. But Excuse me. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. Late 20s. Late 20s. <laughs> late 20s. Sorry. Sorry. I've late got 20s. some time. Yeah, yeah. Eric is just a baby. She's like half your age, booty. Um, but, uh, there's going to be, there's going to be a whole lot that they're going to be able to cover. That's going to be really relevant for, uh, for kids in that age range. And I'm, I'm just super excited because I just don't, I think that's an, that's an under targeted demographic. So, uh, good for them. And, uh, and I'm just looking forward to hearing Lila and Blaine, like that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be hysterical. Yeah, it is going to be really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the ne- the next one, uh, the next one has to be like, we just want to hear deep thoughts with Nora. Like that's all I, that's, <laughs> that's what I really, I, I just want like, just like a blooper reel at every once in a while after your podcast where it's just like deep thoughts with Nora. That's, that would just, be good. I'm just throw, that could throwing be like it out there. Patron bonus content. Like, you know how we did Pootie's <laughs> deep thoughts? It could be like Pootie and Nora could just do a podcast <laughs> together one day. That'd be amazing. Oh, that would be really good. That'd be amazing. Hey, fold this. Full disclosure, when I edit Fathers of the Faith, there's some stuff Norris says that I'm just like, girl, I, I don't even know what to do with you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so put all of that in a file and, and, and we'll come out with something. Dave feels the same when we do our podcast. He's just like, Nate, I don't, e- I don't even know what to do with you right now, Nate. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes uh, Dave would just wave his arms and say, like, guys, what are you even talking about? It's gone too far. Yeah. Awesome. Where, where are you right now? Yeah. Um, okay. So that's just, that's some of the stuff that's going on and, you know, all jokes aside, I just want to take a moment as we close off to just, um, honestly, um, Andrew and Ben Emery who aren't on here. They're not, they're not doing a, a, Ben's not doing a podcast right now. Um, um, but our behind the scenes guys and, uh, honestly this network wouldn't be what it is without them. And so, um, Andrew's blog posts have been phenomenal and honestly the backstage, like the back end stuff, the graphics, the, the posts, the clips, that stuff just wouldn't happen without Ben. So if you're thankful for anything that we do, thank you to Ben and Andrew for being a part of this whole endeavor. And, uh, and we're just, uh, we're looking forward to a great year, 2020 new decade. Yep. And Dave. Yeah. Dave. Dave. Yeah. I, I, Terrible. Oh man, Dave, Dave, I know you're listening right now because you're going to be editing this show. Uh, you, you feel, you feel, I got you, Dave, I got you. Well, we should, we should definitely say it more, uh, more often publicly than we do. Dave is, uh, Dave's the real hero because, uh, Chris and I putting up with Chris and I alone for three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we, we, I'm sure we've told the story at, at some point, but like, the way Dave got hooked up with us is, is when we're like, hey, we're going to do this podcast thing. And I, I think we're going to record it this way at the church. And he just shook his head and he's like, just just come to my house and, and I'll show you what to do. And then we just kept going. We'll do five. We never stopped. We just never stopped. So um, so either Dave can't count or we grew on him. So That's one awesome. of the two. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for everybody that, that makes this happen, uh, behind the scenes and, uh, we're looking forward to a great year. So, uh, uh, keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled and, uh, I'm going to let Grant do a sign off because, uh, just like you enjoyed that mashup at the beginning, uh, we're going to, we're going to end with, uh, Awakening Reformation's, uh, rap, but instead of having Shylin rap it, Grant's just going to do it for you. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let you do your sign off. So why don't you do that, Grant? Thank you guys for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that you search, they say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect us at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a 
dark state. Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest truth that should get you speechless. What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces. Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus. Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees' wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nick at night. He called the rabbi and gave him props, said he was a teacher from God. Jesus replied, made him stop. Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in. In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again. That must have consumed and stretched his mind, because he said, Can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't perceive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. Mysterious operation, uh-huh. we will all be under serious condemnation. I'd still be rejecting the sun if God hadn't said, Let there be light, like Genesis 1. Yeah, and just like the light could not refuse to shine, irresistible grace has renewed my mind. Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen. The new birth is not the effect of human decision, but the cause. It changes our natural habitation and situation. It's a radical transformation. I was cursed and polluted, so my dirt was inexcusable with new internal pupils. His person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable, the lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible, so let us respond with true worship and love to the God who was given new birth from above. (laughs) 